You know, I uh, am always fascinated with civilization, right? You've heard, R.A., of people who, whether they're couples maybe, they go to couples therapy once a week. Maybe they're not even having that many problems in their lives, but they just want to check in once a week with a therapist, maybe once a month. Yeah, they're called me and my wife. Right, so, yeah. yeah. That's I right. know I know people like that. <laughs> okay. And it's a nice idea, right? Mm-hmm. Just to even if they're not in a terrible situation, they just want to make sure that they're you know, that they're saying things the best way they can, understanding their partner, you know, you get the idea. And likewise, um, we have you know, uh, you've got companies that have uh, retreats, let's say. And they get together or they have company meetings once a month. You know, the marketing department will get together and say, how can we better improve our marketing? Uh, here, here's our, the cost department. You know, how can we better be efficient? And, uh, and our HR department, you know, things like this, right? And they meet on a regular basis. They have training, right? Especially human resources. And the same thing is true um, with, with so many other things that we do, right? You, uh, a fire engine station, they will do drills, right? They imagine... Uh, a fire, and then they make sure that they're in tip-top shape. Okay, you get the idea. These are at, at board meetings. They get together to talk about the success of their company and and the direction of the company. But when it comes to civilization, no one wants to check in whatsoever. Isn't that odd? What, what do I mean by this? I, I mean, like, when we go to church and to synagogue, that is the weekly meeting for civilization. For the purpose of developing civilization. Wouldn't you say? Isn't that exactly what we do when we go to church and synagogue? Aren't we doing the same thing that you do with you and your wife? I hate it when you say something at the (laughs) beginning of the show that is just so profoundly brilliant. Because, I mean, well... (laughs) What's left to be said? I mean, no, seriously, this is... This is... Such a brilliant point. You know what immediately flashed through my mind? A point I believe Mark Stein made, which is the airplane was essentially invented, you know, or perfected for all intents and purposes in 1903. Right. In 1969, we land on the moon. And ever since, nothing. (laughs) That's true. We got nada. And three years after the man landed on the moon, they decided abortion for all, and we stopped those weekly meetings. Yeah. And he had... Think I because I think I don't have absolute proof, but I think you could put almost a scientific through line from that moment we landed on the moon and decided to abort babies on mass. That right. was okay. Right. That we right. haven't done Jack Diddley or squat since. Right. Because we've basically divorced ourselves from God and decided to get out of couples therapy. Yep, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. And, and we decided that God is not necessary in our civilization, so we kick him out, and we just go about our days on Saturdays and Sundays. We don't even think about God at all. And then these crazy things start happening, right? Abortion on demand, with nobody asking the question, is this right? Is this a good thing? Or uh, th- this whole transgender business, or gay marriage, or whatever, socialism. Porn in the form... Uh, Mainstreaming of porn. Porn, porn well, uh, forget that. Yeah. That's, that's for adults, you know. What, what we do on our couch after dark is our business. <laughs> but turning sex ed into porn. Yes. Using porn right. as sex ed. And I don't mean porn like, you know, Jenna Jameson or Brandy Love were a nice conservative porn star. I'm talking freaky deaky practices. Right. It's, getting, fr- it's getting freakier yeah. every day. And... 
there's no one there to say this is crazy. To, to simply say, I mean, look, go back to the company example, right? If your company is running out of money at, at a, a very fast clip and you're extremely inefficient uh, or it's somebody's embezzling from your company, you would eventually say, uh, Johnson, what's the deal with your, uh, your numbers? It's, uh, it's getting really low. Well, I don't know, uh, Mr. Smith. Um, I guess it's, um, well, find out the answer, you know, and, and find it now. So in other words, you're checking in as to why these bad things are happening. And that makes total sense when it comes to companies. We understand that very well. We understand it with couples therapy. When we understand with all the other things we just mentioned. But here we are as a civilization. Crazy things are happening. People are not enforcing the laws. They're not enforcing the border. They're, they're allowing men into women's locker rooms and bathrooms. Yeah, tent cities are sprouting up everywhere right. in, in normal, well-run cities, right. formerly. There's, there's crap everywhere. There's needles everywhere. They're, they've right. legalized drugs in a way that I didn't even, couldn't even have couldn't imagined. Imagine, right. We're encouraging fatherlessness. We're encouraging single motherhood. We're encouraging gays to have... Uh, children and to uh, to raise them as if and, and to, to pretend as if it's the same thing, and no one's stopping to say, "Hey, is somebody embezzling from our civilization, as it were?" Yeah, or are we communicating, or are we heading off these things before they become crises? And then we wonder why everything is reaction to crises. Right. A, a very important thing that I, my wife and I learned from our therapy is the idea of the wedge. Picture a wedge, narrow on one end, big on the other. And when problems get large and you have emotional outbursts like the large part of the wedge, they become much harder to handle because you're just reacting to everything. If you handle things on the small end, ahead of time, on the front end, before they become crises, they never do become crises. So as a result, we're always reacting. And of course, when it's the big part of the wedge, your reaction will never be correct. Hence, when Parkland High School gets a shooter... And they res- they react to it with recriminations and then call for gun control. And no one thinks to solve the problem before there's a shooting by making the school more secure. Right. That's an example of this. Oh, it's a very good example. Uh, you know, and it's a, here's another example I wish I'd brought up in the very beginning. We, we take care of our cars once every, whatever, uh, 6,000 miles for oil change and, yeah. and whatever, 1,000 miles for a regular tune-up, right? You, uh, literally, we go in for a tune-up. And and there may be nothing wrong with your car. Your car mechanic may simply call you up. Oh, you know what, Barack, uh, your car is due for a tune-up. You want to come on in and and check it out? And uh, maybe there's something big. Maybe there's something not. And hopefully you have an an honest mechanic, of course. It's somewhere between $100 and $300, depending on what's needed. And uh, you go on home, and you feel pretty damn good about yourself. But if you don't check it out, and you simply think that everything is going fine, because after all, I mean, I'm, I'm not crashing into anybody, but your brakes are getting to be this razor thin with a padding. Danger, Will Robinson, right? And, and let's pretend, to make the, the, um, the analogy really perfect, that you have no indicators in your car saying, hey, change your brakes, right? Because in the old days, they didn't have that. Now they do. But they have, they, there are no warning signs. All you know is that your car seems to be running smoothly right now. What's the fuss about? Well, that's what we're doing in our civilization, isn't it? We're running about, and we're saying to ourselves, hey, look, the civilization seems to be uh, fine. There are no zombies attacking us, right? We're not at war with anybody, so uh, keep up uh, the good work, so to speak, right? But, but sir, you know, there's somebody embezzling from you, 
day in and day out. Well, our company is still alive, right? We're still paying our, our, our salaries. Yes, but, but sh- shut up, Johnson, <laughs> right? Just move on. And this is what we need to do. We need to understand. We need to treat civilization in the same way we treat our friggin' cars. Yeah, you mean read the owner's manual once yes. you the other, get together for a staff meeting with the yes. higher-ups? Yeah. yeah just, Go to church, read the book? Yeah, uh, that, yeah. and that's what church is. Yeah. It's, it's precisely to help us advance civilization, which is another reason why this whole spirituality crap is crap. Right? You mean yoga, spin cycle, right? Yeah, cycle, Na- you know, be one with nature. Walks, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, you need to to go to church or synagogue, as the case may be, and and that is your check in with civilization, to listen to your pastor, listen to your reverend, listen, listen to your rabbi, listen to your priest, and really get good with God and get good with civilization and ask yourself and ask with the rabbi and the priest and so forth to say, is this good? what's happening in civilization. What shall we do about it? Right? I mean, so you'll have the rabbi and the priest talk about helping the, the homeless, helping the, the elderly, for example, classic example. Uh, but when it comes to the, the transgender business, uh, you know, I hope and I know that they are saying, this crap is crazy and we need to resist it, my, my congregants, because what are the consequences of these things? And people don't ask the consequences of it. They should be. In the same way that, uh, what happens if I don't replace my brakes? Well, sir, if you don't replace them, then one day you'll find that you can't pump the brakes and you'll crash into a wall. Is this, I think this analogy, at least with the car, certainly, is a perfect analogy. Not, I'm not, not patting myself in the, in the back. I'm simply saying that is all, it's, it's on all fours. No, pat analogy. yourself on the back. You, you came up with it. You, you deserve it. You need it. And, and, didn't you once say, either you or you were talking about your rabbi saying that, Life has an instruction manual, and it's the Torah. Yeah, that's Dennis Prager. Okay. Yeah. Prager said that. Okay. Same thing. How often do you reread the instruction manual of something in your home that's complicated when it goes yeah. wrong? Yeah. You know, uh, whatever it is, the electrical system, the piano, the microwave, the dishwasher. Right. Or, you know, and a lot of times you know the directions and you know what to do so easily that you don't need to read the instruction manual. Right. But it's there if you need it. Right. How often do we not read the instruction manual in life? And then yeah, our relationships a, go away and our values shift. Right. We, we, we service our, our smoke alarms. Every six months you're supposed to do it, right? Yeah. And, you're supposed to, and you service your uh, air filters. Yeah, you clean out your rain gutters. You mow <laughs> right. your lawn. Yeah. I mean, it's the funniest thing. We do all these things. But when it comes to civilization itself, well, we don't need to do that. Yeah, and that's absurd. And let's take a step to define that. Because I think you, there's one little step that's obvious that just should be said, which is by, by uh, refreshing civilization, we're talking about refreshing our own souls so we can bring civilization to others. Yes. Treat others with the kindness that our enlightenment teaches us. Well, yeah, just checking in. That's the whole concept. I mean, you talked about therapy, and many couples do this. Uh, They'll go in just to, I mean, uh, imagine the man during a couple session says, you know, I think my wife um, should be welcoming me home uh, naked with a drink in her hand, and she should not be talking whatsoever, and uh, she should just stay put. You know, a therapist will tell him, listen, you can't do that. You were welcome to that in your fantasies, but that's that doesn't work in reality. And then the man, if he's listening, he'll say, oh, okay, cool. I, I guess I understand that. You know, your wife has to be, she's an independent person. She's got her own sense of self-actualization and sense of purpose, and you need to respect that. And, and likewise, 
a woman might need to understand that a man can't understand and, and memorize her feelings and understand everything that she's thinking. Uh, she needs to be a little bit more direct. He's not as interested in feelings and doesn't understand feelings as much. He's more action-oriented. Th this is good for the couple, right? And so they, they, they literally, in a sense, uh, you know, imagine a, a hand, kind of an invisible hand, if you want, kind of them knocking back, them back into a proper path. And then they can go forward together, hopefully. The same thing is true for, for church and synagogue. That is the mission of churches and synagogues, is to knock us back to the right path toward civilization. If we don't do that, well, then we're, we're like the couple that, that never kind of figures out that those expectations are simply wacky, that they'll, and they'll lead to crazy directions, crazy paths, if you like. Uh, and then, of course, dangerous paths, like the one where they don't even bother to, to fix the brakes. So uh, you, this is a, a, it was suddenly a, it was an epiphany I had just the other day about how, how we just don't seem to have anyone controlling uh, or, or caring enough about civilization to just check in once in a while. Are we on the right path? No one asks that question. I, I think that's what prompted it. And for all of those of you who are scratching your heads, like Ari and I are, who are conservative, and saying, how did we get here, right? I mean, just, just today I was talking to some clients about the transgender movement and how absurd it is. It is truly absurd. We, we are living in bizarre Alice in Wonderland times. Just, just objectively speaking, anyone looking at this would say, come again, what? For the sake of 9,300 or so people, we're going to change all the buildings to gender neutral stuff? For 9,300 people in, in the entire country? That's what we're doing? And, and we're going to endanger girls? And at the very best, just make them feel extremely uncomfortable. And normalize hormones to try to convert as many more people going forward to this right. somewhat demented lifestyle. And by demented, I mean it's been, it's been done to them. Right. You know, and, and people who have this disorder in one way or another, either legitimately or pretend or whatever reason, it's not a pleasant thing that they're going through. Yep. It's not something they, they, a reasonable transgender person would wish upon anyone else. Anyone, exactly right. And, and not only that, but also imposing upon us, literally changing our language with the pronouns. And everyone should say they instead of he or she. Never mind that it's totally grammatically incorrect. But, but that's how absurd it is. And you and I, Ari, are saying, how did it get to this? And then I realized, I know how. I raised my hand, so to speak. The reason why I got to this is because nobody checked in. Yeah, people stopped going to the staff meeting, and now the company is yeah. off the rails. It's off the and rails. And you know why, why bringing that up is so perfect? Remember um, what happened with the baker, and this is to the gay marriage point. Right. The baker, the, you know, the pizza shop is out of business, the candlestick maker, the photographer, the florist. Remember how they were basically told by court, by the Supreme Court, I don't care what you do in church on Sundays, as long as you don't let that virus out after you leave, yeah, right? that's what it is, the virus. What you're talking about is how important it is to bring the virus, if you will, of the Sunday or Saturday morning check-in from synagogue or the Sabbath right. or the church sermon out with you into society after you leave. And our societies. Political and uh, judicial elements have said, uh-uh, no, keep it there. You're not allowed to bring that out with you. 
right? Exactly because right. We're, we're talking about going in for the staff meeting, but we're not talking about leaving the staff meeting. So, well, I'm glad that's over. Business as usual. Start drinking at work again. Start, go back to embezzling. Right. Stop, stop uh, doing good customer service, right? Yeah. And uh, you're rightly identified. No, you got to. Uh, bring that out with you. You don't just leave it there. You don't hear the the rabbi or the priest made a sermon and go, okay, that was great while well, I said it. Now let's go uh, uh, hurt thy brother again. Right. But it's not, this, it's not like but a mafioso this, politics. Right. right but right. this week in the news, the California legislature is fast tracking a bill. I know you've seen this. I have. To outlaw the sale of any book that says anything bad about any person who might be associated with any of these letters, L, B, T, B, Q, and then, you know, three, like the, the, the whole integer for pi, 3.1450, any one of those 5,700 gender specifications. Right. Which would also, by necessity, include the Bible. Yeah. Under the idea that it can be regulated as a faulty product. Right. That's right. Right? So essentially oh, bringing so the same regulations you brought to a box of cigarettes to the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. right? That's right. And, and if you do that to the Bible, then you're even further telling people, it's nice while you go to church, just leave it in the church. Right. What, what happens in church stays in church. Right. Unless it's child molestation between two uh, non-consenting right. males of opposite right. ages, then you can tell everyone. Right. <laughs> right? That's, that's exactly right. Oh, so well said. <laughs> it's, it's, right. it's so well said. Um, and what would the ramifications be that further? Yeah. Because I, I think you brought up another example, an incredible point, which shows the critical theory basis of all these things. If you're using changing pronouns to the point where the English language becomes unfunctional, unfunctioning, right. and you can't use it, aren't you basically by proxy getting everyone just to shut the hell up? Right. Which is one of the goals that they love anyway. Have you seen how quiet, how silent millennials are, how they can converse with you know minimal numbers of grunts and <laughs> yes, stares? I know, exactly. Because speech has been so limited. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's exactly right. Speech has been sim so limited. And uh, and this is one of those things that we're not checking in about. Like, we talked about this in our uh, recent podcast. What was it? Socially conservative. No, uh, fiscally conservative and socially liberal, right? Where we said, that sounds nice, you know, and, and you figure, well, it doesn't affect anybody because, you know, you're, you're very, you're conservative where it counts, which is the economy and you know, don't impose rules on uh, on businesses and don't have a minimum wage and, and lower your taxes. So in that sense, you're conservative. But when it comes to social stuff like abortion, gay marriage and such like that, you, you are, you're cool with that. You're a cool guy. You're one of those cool liberals. Um, so, you know, and, and everyone gets along with you because, after all, you're fiscally conservative and socially liberal, and that's where it counts. Uh, and then we explained that, uh-uh, not so fast, right? Like the pastor... Like the reverend, like the rabbi, we are basically saying, well, let's think that through. Because what does it mean to say that you're for gay marriage? Because what happens when you, the church, I don't feel like marrying two men or two women, right? So you say that, and then all of a sudden, the state you know, descends upon you and, say, and says, we're, we're going to revoke your 501c3 status, your, your not-for-profit status. We're going to call you a homophobe. In fact, your, your whole Christian mentality is homophobic itself. So it sets in motion the undermining of Christianity and Judaism, the very thing that 
uh, now discredits even further the, the notion of civilization itself. Okay? That's how it works, my friends. Yeah, it turns into a de facto uh, Chinese Catholic Church. Right. Where you can be all the Catholic you want as long as it doesn't have any contradictions to state-sponsored communism. Right. Okay. <laughs> there so there just, you go. Yeah, I like that. And then, then same same with abortion. I don't want to drill down and repeat what we said uh, a couple of weeks ago, but same thing with abortion. You know, if you're uh, you're socially liberal about abortion, and then all of a sudden you you find that your taxpayer money is paying for these abortions, and uh, and horrible things are happening in these abortion clinics, and they're not being um, vetted, and of course the criminal things are truly. Horrific criminal things are happening, but that you're cool because you're fiscally conservative and socially liberal. So therefore, that's cool. No, and and that is the problem. A, a reverend, a priest, a rabbi, and so on would be able to say, "You see, folks, let's think this through. What are the consequences of these policies? Here's why we're against it. I want you to think about this as you go home. Why are we against abortion?" Right? You know, your, your friend out there, abortion is such a good example, by the way, because it's so not in your face, the whole abortion thing, right? Because, yeah, you know, the truth is, not many people have abortions constantly. You know, they're not like the Russian women out there. They have maybe one or two at, or three at most in their entire lives. Okay, in America, we're talking about. And uh, even for those women, you don't see them. It's not as if you see them going out and having an abortion. They don't tell you they're having an abortion. Yeah, other than Gloria Steinem, they're not wearing a T-shirt right. that says, abortion right. had, I'm proud of it, you right. know. And yet, and yet, there are some, I think it was 40 million abortions committed since Roe v. Wade, right? Some absurd number. So this is, this is happening all over the place. It's the same thing, if you think about it, you know, regarding sex, right? Sex is happening all around us, right? But we just don't see it. Right, so we walk around uh, in, in this or that um, neighborhood, and uh, you know we might be taking a walk, and somebody's having sex in one of these buildings. Right, it's happening all over the place, and that's one thing. Sex is is legal, especially when it's behind closed doors and such, but but abortions happening everywhere, and you don't see it, and you need to see it, so to speak, in your mind. You need to be forced to uh, to address it by way of your church or your synagogue to say, this crap is unacceptable, all right? Same thing with slavery. That's how slavery ended, my friends. That's how eugenics ended, because of the church and the synagogue. They said, this is unacceptable. And until that time, the, the church and the, the slavery and eugenics were somehow okay. Nobody thought about the consequences. Nobody talked about what it was really doing. Nobody was spending the time to check in and say, this crap ain't right. That's what we need. That's why the church is there. That's why the synagogue is there. And, and you may, may think that church is boring. You may think synagogue is boring. But you know what? So are the board meetings. Well, you know, you know, so, so, wait, so, so is the car mechanic. I don't want to go to the car mechanic. It's a waste of my freaking time. But you know what? I got to do it. I don't want to go to the dentist, but I got to do it. Yeah. Okay, I don't have to go this day. I can I can push it off if I don't have a root canal. Yeah, I don't want to help make dinner for my kids. It's boring, I, yeah. but you know what? I got to. Yeah, I don't want to go to the, the the PTA or the parent teacher conference about my kid. There's a good example. Yep. I, I you know it's it takes time out of my day. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to to my staff meeting to to see how we can best improve things. They don't want to be there either. But we got to do it. But so fine, I get that. 
but you still got to do it. And, yeah, because and though you're, you're, yeah, and you're you one obligation. It, the consequences are enormous. I don't right. want to go to the bathroom. It's a waste of time. <laughs> it's boring. But you know what the alternative is? Bad. Right. Right? Yeah, but I mean, th- th- that's not a perfect analogy only because you're going to go there just because you want to relieve the tension and you'll feel terrible if you don't. You feel so good when you do go to the bathroom. Yeah, but that's an example but, but you of, don't feel good about- of the toxic buildup that will happen if you don't do this. Right. No, that, that, it's, that is it's true. A, it's a requirement that we've been convinced. But you, but you would notice, hold, hold on, but you would notice it. That, that, you see, that's why I think it's such a Oh, you're example. saying ones that you wouldn't notice that are just insidiously, right. passively. Right. Yeah. It, it's more like the brake analogy with the car where you don't notice it. There's nothing telling you. There's no indicator, right? Telling you, hey, you're going to die if you if you continue on with this yeah. car. But there is an, an interesting point you brought up that I think is worth discussing for a couple minutes, which is this. You don't want to do it because it's boring. Right, but church and synagogue don't have to be boring, and they're not. There was an incredible it, when good ones aren't. Right. There was an incredible article a few years ago um, out of England on one of the Breitbart sites about how one of the reasons the Anglican Church is dying is because it's run by people who are so austere, and they're they're running the the church badly, and it's turning people off. Because they're obsessed with their own power rather than modifying their behavior to really do their jobs well. Yeah. And, you know, something else interesting happened that I think is worth bridging into this, which is a couple of years ago I was on um, a, a trip with my wife and kids, and we were in a uh, hotel room. And I, I had never read any parts of the Bible to my kids. I found the Bible in there. I picked up a story. You know what? The good book. It's, it's a pretty cool. good book. It's, it's very cool. And it's, it's very interesting. And, and this is the, the New Testament, Christian right. version. But it starts with Genesis and Adam and Eve. Right. And the kids were asking questions. They're like, you know, and that led me a few years ago. We talked about that book, Bible Stories for Jewish Children. You bought yeah. a copy. And now it's my kids, one of my kids' favorite book that we read from oh, time to time. You know what? I'm so touched to hear that. Thank you for telling me that. It's a, I'm really thrilled. I'm really thrilled. That's uh I love it when something that has touched us can be relayed and, and touch other people. Yeah, and then, and then you yeah. were at the Seder I did the a few weeks ago. Did you notice what book most of the stories I pulled from? To Because we made our own Haggadah yes. out of that book yes. because oh, it's yes. written well. It looked familiar. Yeah. That's right. So the oh, point is, if church so is boring... Find a different church. Right. If synagogue is boring, go to a different rabbi. Right. You've got a good rabbi. I've got a good rabbi. Right. The rabbi or school is a good rabbi. You go to a temple with a good rabbi, church and synagogue will not be boring. That's true. And, and you're absolutely right. I love that part of it. But go anyway. You, you have an obligation. I mean, my mom once said this to me, and she was talking about school. And she felt like, oh, there's a couple t- classes in school that she felt were quite boring. And then one day she said, you know what? I'm here anyway. I, I'm not going to be able to leave the class. So I might as well just listen <laughs> and, and read what is being requested of me. Because what else am I going to do? And she actually found more interest in the whole thing. I did the same thing with going to synagogue. I found it to be a little bit of, challenge, of a challenge because uh, although I can read Hebrew, I don't understand the Hebrew. I haven't memorized the prayers. My... My parents were not very into, um, you know, observing uh, Judaism or going to synagogues. So it's all the much harder for me to kind of get into the into the groove. Uh, but so here I am. I'm one of those parishioners or whatever you congregants that uh, finds it a little bit boring. So what do I do? I have the the Torah right there and the prayer books, and I just read the English. 
on it and think, wow, this is interesting. I didn't think about that. Like on Yom Kippur, uh, talking about the way we transgress, right? When, when people think of transgression and they think they're so good, they think of the obvious stuff, right? Don't steal, don't murder, don't lie, don't gossip, right? They got, they, those are the things they get. But then they don't think about the, the nuances, the little things, like wishing ill upon somebody, right? That's not gossip. That's not murdering. It's not stealing. You're not hurting anybody, right? But in a way, you are hurting them, right? Um, and and I, I found myself, as I was reading other things like that, thinking, I, I never thought about that. That is something that I think would be wrong. And I'm glad that I'm thinking about it. And I don't want to wish anybody ill. Uh, I, I don't want to, and not only do I not want to gossip, I want to focus on the big picture. So these are things that you really only can learn when you are in a, in a congregation and you're checking in, doing your part, as it were, to check in with civilization, just like you and your lovely wife go to therapy to check in, right? And if you kept on missing it, after a while, you'd start straying in terms of, you know, where you want to go. You, you wouldn't be able to get that time out where just you and your lovely wife get together to talk about the issues of, uh, of your day, as it were. That's what the deal is. Check, check the, check the, uh, the brake fluids, check the, check the engine, check all of it to make sure that you're, you're not doing anything that's out of whack. Yeah, and to t- handle <clears throat> things before they become crises. Yeah, and who is there uh, on the part of civilization to make sure that civilization doesn't go out of whack? Yeah, and also... We're the, we're the people. Yeah, and also think about how um, so often in the liberal construct of reality that they force all of us to live in. Right. We have this... Polarity. You got government, and then you got media keeping government honest. Right. Right. Yep. When really it's no, you got government, which is the collective, if you will, business operation regulators of our lives. People who make sure the roads that we've agreed to pave, pave the streetlights, the you know, so all that, the bike lanes. Well, isn't it much more efficient if we have? The church and the congregants right. checking in collectively and making sure government's morals are not off the rails rather than this highly biased media that should have cigarette warning labels on it. Right. Warning. Contains liberal bias. <laughs> May alter your thinking yes. to the point where you engage in detrimental behavior for your future. And we think those are the people who yeah. are going to regulate the regulators. Yeah. It's really, it's really fascinating. Uh, look, some, some people, even churches uh, themselves or, well, in, in some examples, they go off the rails themselves because they are out of touch with their own faith. I am speaking, of course, about, to, to some extent about the Pope uh, the, of the Catholic Church. I, I'm very disappointed uh, in some of the things that he's been saying. He's, he hasn't changed actual church doctrine, but he has expressed his own personal opinion about changing things in church doctrine, including, uh, among other things, that men, sorry, that women should be, uh, should be priests and that men, uh, male priests, should be able to marry. And like, okay, um, you know, look, I mean, I understand that there's some benefit to that. Maybe you're seeing that from the other Christian denominations, but that's a Pretty big matzo ball. I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, that's that's whether you're fine that with that or not is another story. That's one that that I think would make things better. But the the outreach to communism that's the yeah and global warming yeah. and everything else. So but but that's one thing. And then recently the Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama no less has said 
that he is a Marxist, okay? And he says in the same sentence, but I'm not a Leninist. Ah, okay, phew. Was worried there for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it just ends at the Hegelian dialectic right. and oh, not yes. at the gulags. Yes, exactly. Great. Yeah. yeah, because everywhere where Marxism, as opposed to Leninism, was practiced, was, it turned out swimmingly well, right? Of course, every single Marxist ideology. What the frig was this guy thinking? He needs to go to, to some church or synagogue to actually get some grasp of what civilization is. He clearly has no idea. No idea what made civilization, uh, civilization as we think of it. Uh, the answer, uh, one hyphenated word, Judeo-Christian. <laughs> That's what it was. And all the benefits that he now enjoys, including his ability to broadcast his Buddhist views, uh, comes to him thanks to the, Christian, uh, the Judeo-Christian mindset. Thank you very much, Judaism and Christianity. No, no thanks uh, very much to Buddhism. Now, Buddhism, by the way, at, at the very least, you can say, listen, here's not a religion that is wildly violent by any stretch. You don't hear about uh, violent Buddhists. Good. At least do no, no, no harm, as they say, uh, compared to Islam. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, we'll talk about I that. Mean, that's know, another thing. The Japanese Empire for uh, 1200 years? Yeah, but that's not... Ending with World War II? Well, not that, exactly not that, violent. That wasn't Buddhist. It they was didn't Shinto do it. Buddhism. No, 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 no. It, it was the emperor. They were doing everything on behalf of the, the fatherland. Just like... You, you might as well blame Christianity for Nazism. In both cases, and including communism, I actually blame feudalism on all three. Okay, but let's not, get, let's, not, let's not drill down on but that. But the, the point is, there is no... Because um, that's not what we're really focusing yeah, on. But, but, you know, the for all the you know peace and love and balance stuff, there is no strong uh, ideology of confronting evil in Buddhism. My point is, is that with, with respect to both, and literally, with respect to both the Pope and to the Dalai Lama... Even they, as leaders, can be led astray. That's my point. Oh, yeah. Right. Just like uh, the individual citizen can be led astray, he can decide. You know what? I don't really feel like going to church today. Like you know, we can all be Homer Simpson. You know, he'd rather not be at church at all, and yet he still goes to church. By the way, um, and, but most of us don't go to church. We don't go to synagogue. We've got better things to do. Thank you very much. Uh, but they don't spend the time. Just the one friggin' hour. Not not even a day. Just give us a friggin' hour to contemplate the big civilizational issues. Thank you. That's all. Find a good church, not, not a, you know, a touchy-feely church that, where everything is kumbaya, and they merely reflect what the culture is already doing. Yeah, if you see a rainbow flag or an AIDS ribbon on the outside of the church... Yeah, run away. Yeah, go, go somewhere else. <laughs> right. It, it, you're not going to church. That's the point. You're, you're merely going to, to a, a building that reflects the same mishigas, which is Yiddish for craziness, uh, of the culture, you know, you, you don't you don't need that, right? You need you need some sanity, you know. Just like uh, you know, the the way to to deal with your alcoholism is not to go to the bar, right? <laughs> you you go to AA meetings to deal with that. There you go. You check in with. There's another example, right? When when you want to deal with reality, you check in once a week, maybe even more, with your AA friends. Right, and remember, it's interesting. Um... When, there was a documentary on Vince Lombardi, the football coach. Yeah. I know when I bring yeah. that kind of stuff up, it's a foreign <laughs> language for you, but bear with me. Vince Lombardi was considering two professions, going into football or becoming a priest, right? Right. Even though he didn't become a priest, he was the kind of Catholic who didn't go to church once a week. He went to church 
every day. God bless them. That's <laughs> right. Cool. Yep. Every day. Well, when people uh, join program AA, a lot of times they go to three meetings a day, right? Then they, as they get better, they and and achieve some level of sobriety. They go once a day, and then, right. but they, the the people who are long term, uh, you know, uh, chip carriers, you know, who have been sober for twenty years, twenty five years, still go once a week because it realigns them, it keeps them sober, it keeps yeah. them dealing with the small end of the wedge, not the big one. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's that's exactly right, and I I love that example. And but the Dalai Lama has strayed. Uh, what can yeah. I say? I mean, maybe he ought to listen to some Buddhist monks uh, of, of wisdom himself. Yeah, crack uh, open the scrolls. Yeah, there. just for a second or two, just to understand what wisdom means in the first place. Because I'll tell you, this transgenderism and the the the, the push to Marxism, <laughs> that ain't wisdom, my friends. That that reflects a man who has not gone to church or synagogue. Okay, and I dare say. To, uh, to whatever the equivalent is in Buddhism. He has not done that. He's not checked in. When somebody tells me that they're all for gay marriage, I can tell that they, they have no real understanding of Christianity or Judaism. That they may belong to a church, but that's not, that's not real Christianity. That's, that's the pretense of Christianity and Judaism, but it ain't Christianity nor Judaism. Yeah. Uh, when they tell me that they're, that they're for abortion, then I know that they're not Christian or Judaism in the same way that they're not real Christians, not real Jews. They just ain't. They're no different than the people who believed in eugenics. By the way, people talk about the horrors of eugenics, and rightfully so. It was a horrific thing. But really, compare eugenics to the abortion culture, which is worse. I mean, we're literally killing, yes, you know, life in the womb, but life nonetheless. We're literally killing them, whereas in eugenics, we were only, and I put that in air quotes, uh, sterilizing people so that they could not have children. Okay, we look back on the eugenics movement with great and, and you know, understandable and correct horror uh, and, and disgust. And yet, and yet we're doing this abortion business. 40 million. And we don't even bat an eye at it. See, this is, this is why a check-in with your church would make you think twice about it. Yeah, and, and think about this. There was, in the wake of the Gosnell Horror. Yep. We're, at most, there's let, a. Let me, let me pause it for, for our, our listeners. Yeah. The Gosnell horror, because we, we shouldn't be explaining what it is, but here it is. Gosnell was the largest uh, serial murderer in American history. He killed thousands of babies, most of them born, most of, I mean, really outside the womb, and then he would snip their necks, do horrific things. And eventually, of course, he was, he was uh, he put into jail. I wish he got the death penalty, but that's another story. Yeah, but he pleaded to life in jail. Life in jail. the death yeah. penalty. Uh, and, and that, Which at the very least, that is appropriate. he was afraid of meeting his maker. That, that's right. Yeah. So uh, that, that's the background to it, and a truly horrific man. Go ahead. Yeah, but um, there is a, uh, we're in uh, West L.A., and not far from here, at the corner of Sentinella, or right, I think Wellesley and Santa Monica Boulevard is our nearest Planned Parenthood clinic. Right. And and it's been there for many years. And you could just imagine that thousands of babies were murdered there. Right. And it's a black building or brown building, and you'd never know. Does it, there isn't a pile of bodies in the back. Right. Right? But at least, unlike Gosnell, they don't have a pile of bodies in the back or in the freezer. Right. They dispose of their, this is unpleasant, but they dispose of whatever they do as medical waste, and off it goes, and who knows where it is. Gosnell kept trophies. 
He was that sick. You know, one of those. Oh. I'm making an important point. That's why I'm getting graphic here. The important point is this. After Gosnell was discovered, a priest wanted to give last rites to the bodies they found in his freezers. And a court denied a priest the ability to give a funeral and burial to these babies. The, the priest was willing to say, hey, I have the cemetery. I'll give the space. I'll donate the land for it. I just want to be able to give them a funeral, proper burial. Right. And they were denied that. Yeah. And only a, a society like, with, that has leaders like the Dalai Lama off the rails or Pope Red Francis off the rails could have a judge off the rails, yep, who yep. wouldn't see the basic reality of humanity and the importance of doing that to help society check in there. This is where things are changing. It's, you know, I'll go back to my little uh, scenario that, you know, you know, in, in the, in our collective imagination where you walk down into a neighborhood and, you know, you can, you know, you can intuit that there are people in these buildings. I mean, I'm looking right now at a, a residential neighborhood and there are people kissing, they're hugging, they're watching TV. Maybe they're having some arguments or they're, they're making love. All these things are happening within these walls. You don't see them, but it's happening. But no one's getting hurt in those situations. And, you know, lovemaking is part of the process of uh, procreating your life, right? But, but when it comes to abortion and so many of the other horrific things, they're, they're happening around us all the time. And because we don't think about it, because we don't go to church, because we don't go to synagogue, they are perpetuating and allowing this to happen over and over again, together with so many of the other sins that we just don't talk about. That's why we go to church. That's why we go to synagogue to advance the cause of civilization. We must do it. We need to do it at least once a week, even better yet, once a day, like, like your, your football friend. That's what we need to do. I dare say, we, at the very least, take care of a civilization as well as we take care of our friggin' cars. That's all. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you next week.